0: Think they call that falsetto, and I don't know why Scott won't let me on the worship team. (laughs) I love that set. I'm so glad they don't let me on the worship team. It was an amazing opportunity for me to focus my eyes and my heart on God. So thankful for them and all they do for us, helping us worship together every week. And uh, I'm so excited about this next sermon. It's called "In the Mess." No, it's not called that. It's called It's a Mess and Dumb. This is, we're off to a great start here, Grace Free Church. Uh, Before we get to that, we have some incredible stuff. Like we are launching services at our new location, Grace Tremont, uh, probably starting late summer, early fall. We have some dates yet, but I, I'm not sure if everybody has signed off on those dates yet. So I don't want to announce them right now. But we are all—we are not waiting to start ministry. And February 7th kicks off our Shepherds Table ministry, where we'll be giving food to people. Anybody that comes through drive-through only because of the pandemic, we'll be giving out meals—awesome meals—to anybody that stops by that location that Sunday. Evening, and uh, we also have a team night coming up. If you're not sure what a team night is, well, it's for you. It's for people that serve as a part of our amazing and very big volunteer team at Grace Free Church. It's also for people that are curious and not sure if they want to get involved or if they can get involved to come discover areas they can use their gifts and, and experience and discover their purpose while being a part of the movement of Grace Free Church, making an actual difference in the lives of people in this county. Team nights are awesome. It's, it's like an like amazing worship service with an amazing, amazing message, devotional thought from scripture. We break up into some, some smaller groups, and it's an awesome time to just get connected, explore whether it's something that you want to get involved in. And that's coming up, I think it's February 23rd. Is that right? Is that right? February twenty third. That was a good guess. <laughs> we're we're also rolling into our phase of raising the funds we need to launch Tremont in a in a way you've come to love of Grace Free Church. So if you'd like to support, maybe you can't support us with time and uh, by coming to team night and by being a part of a team. Maybe, maybe God's just laying it on your heart to support that mission financially, and if he is, you can hit up gracefreechurch.net slash Tremont uh, to support that mission. Every gift helps. Every gift goes towards actual ministry stuff, whether it's providing stuff for the children or the sanctuary, the room, or the worship. It's, it's all going towards ministry in Tremont. I'm so excited to see what God does through you up there. Hey, listen, we're about to jump into it, and I clearly need some prayer this morning, so would you just take a second, maybe clear your your room, your space of distraction, and pray with me. Dear God, we thank you so much for your love for us. We, uh, We need it. We need your grace. We need more of you. As we walk through the series, Worst, Year ever finding hope in anything, what we what we need to come to the deep realization of is that our only hope is you. It's always been you, and that you give yourself to us freely. So, would you speak to your to us through your word this morning? Would you make it come alive for us? Would you help it to make a difference in our hearts? We ask all this in Jesus' name, Amen. Last week in our first kickoff of this new series you got to check that one out like I, I don't do that often and, and they're not like it's not like you got to get every message um, and if you if you miss last week's, so you might as well not even come this week that's not how it really works but last week was a really tough message to give. It, it was really important and I hope I hope I hope it God used it if you didn't check it out, check out the start of this one online at our website. It, it was called Jesus Is. It's it's so important because nothing else works without that. That that's the key, the centerpiece to the entire experience hope in any circumstance, part of this series. Jesus is. And today the title of this message is It's a Mess. That's what we're calling the message. That's what we're going to be talking about today, and we're about to jump into John chapter two. So if you have your Bibles, you can flip those open. We're about to jump into this. Honestly, it's a passage I've never. I, I've preached a whole lot of messages in my time, and I think it's one that that I've avoided in the past. Maybe uh, sorry about that. I feel like it's one we don't often dig into. It's a little more challenging and difficult, and man, not a lot of preachers are knocking down the end of John chapter 2 following the passage we talked about last week we're going to jump into it it's it's a mess it's a mess you can find hope in anything but it's hard to find hope in a mess listen when I think of messes I think of backpacks and purses come on you know what I'm talking about backpacks And purses, I hate when somebody says, oh, yeah. You know, like mom always be like, oh, yeah, just uh, grab it out of my purse. Mom, like, you're seriously, I think you have everything in your purse. How am I supposed to find anything in your purse if everything is in your purse? But I can't be too hard on mom and her purse because I got a backpack. (laughs) And uh, it's not much better. This uh, This is actually like my backpack. I was shocked because now with the kids' virtual learning, my kids' backpacks are heavier than my backpacks. And I got to be honest with you, like I feel a little cheesy admitting to you that I carry a backpack around all the time. When I think of it's a mess, I think of my backpack, because a lot of times when I'm preaching or speaking, I'll do something I don't normally do. I'll throw the most important stuff I have in the middle of my backpack. I'll throw my wallet in there. I'll throw my keys in there. Now I guess anybody that shows up to an actual location knows where to steal my wallet from. So I'm going I'm to have to rethink this one. But like this is where I throw like everything is in here man like I got all kinds of stuff in here it's it's just like where I got I got the most important stuff right and what happens is man like this thing so quickly just becomes a mess and I and I can't find I'll be rushing around the house I'll be like looking for everything like I got cameras in here I got equipment in here got microphones in here like I'm just I'm constantly every time I try to find something in my backpack, I never find it, right? Like you got stuff that's important. Look, there is even a little like in case I smell, I guess. I don't know why that's in there. That's in there like you got like my backpack it gets so full. I'll probably need this later, right? But It gets so jammed up with stuff, and I'm looking for a pen, and there's no pens, right? Like, I have hand sanitizer, but no pens. I'm looking for my wallet. I can't find my wallet. I was looking for this thing last night. I couldn't find this last night. I don't know how it ended up right on top, right? Like, it's a mess, man. Like, it's just, it's a mess. Backpacks and purses, it's a mess. So you know what I did, right? Like, because this gets to be a mess. So you know what I, what I did was... I don't just have a backpack that I carry to work every day. I also got a man bag. Like, because it's it's okay. Like, it's not, it's not, <laughs> it's just a man bag. It's not a, it's not anything other than that. It's cool. It's not like a fanny pack or anything like that, right? Like, it's a man bag. Like, so, I, I just had a, a, enough of a mess. Instead of cleaning up the mess and getting organized, I just created more of a mess. I don't even know what's... We got all kinds of stuff in here, right? Like little tripod things. I got, I'm constantly like, if my wallet's not in there, maybe it's in here. This is kind of important since, um, this is what we're going to be talking about today. Like, it's just a, a mess. And what happens is it's easy to lose the most important stuff in the mess. It's easy to lose the most important stuff in the mess. You know, It's easy to to just get all cluttered up and distracted, to not be able to find what you want to find because there's a mess somewhere keeping you from seeing and finding what you're looking for, keeping you from what's most important in the moment, a mess. And in John chapter 2, Jesus, he finds a mess. It should have been something different. It should have been something different. It says this in John chapter 2. It says on the chapter 2 and verse 13, right? It says, when it was almost time for the Jewish Passover, Jesus went up to Jerusalem. In the temple courts, he found people selling cattle, sheep, and doves, and others sitting at tables exchanging money. So he made a whip out of cords and drove all from the temple courts, both sheep and cattle, he scattered the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables to those who sold doves. He said, get these out of here. Stop turning my father's house into a market. You have this story here of Jesus like turning the tables over. Jesus like, <laughs> it anger. It was time. It was time. They were leading up to the Passover celebration, and this is really important. Like, you got to remember, like, it was time where people were going to come to make their sacrifices for the forgiveness of their sins. What they were showing up to the temple for, what some of them were showing up to the temple for for just the first time, what they were showing up to church for was the hope that they could have forgiveness that they could be made new, that all could be made right with God. It was the hope they would live off of for a long time. It was the hope that would sustain them in very dark days. It was the hope they would recall when they screwed things up again. They were coming for hope. It was time for some people to find hope. Jesus is, right? Like he's everything you need, and now is the time. The right time to find the hope you need, to find find the hope you need for the year ahead. Doesn't matter if it's gonna be the worst year ever or your best year yet, you're gonna need hope. It was time, and people were showing up to the temple, right, like this was the place their worship was centered. This was the place where they would come and they would worship God, they would give gifts of sacrifice, acts of sacrifice, for, in, in, as a spiritual worship of God, to write to themselves before God, it was like showing up to church, right? And how cluttered it got. It's going to be surprising because a lot of churches are cluttered with all kinds of distractions that take away from the main thing that's supposed to give us hope. I'm so tired of hearing preachers, like, preach messages that aren't about Jesus and are all about politics. Like, I'm so sick of that, like... Man, this was the place they were coming to. And it was the time, the right time for them to find the hope they needed that would sustain them through the year. Jesus, he starts his ministry off with that spectacular miracle. And then he goes to the temple. And what he finds at the temple is a mess. I mean, just to capture the picture, right? Like, can you imagine showing up to like church and like there's a, a donkey or a cattle, like sheep, walking around. Like <laughs> you're you're in the parking lot, you know, and you're like, man, I should have worn my rubber boots. <laughs> Some of you, like you got your Air Force Ones, all because you stepped in a little sheep, you know doo-doo or whatever. Like, you know, like it's just like a you know, chaotic scene when you're showing up. People are bringing their animals for sacrifices. They have these money changers there. And as soon as you get in to the outer courts, like you're being hit with these people who are trying to get you to exchange your currency for their currency so you can buy animals to sacrifice. It was a twisted, corrupted system. The money changers requiring them to use their currency. People coming from all over with all different kinds of currencies and Finding a, a, a corrupt exchange rate, they're getting ripped off right from the get-go. You know, it's like when you show up to the movie theater and a box of raisinettes. I don't know why anybody even eats raisinettes. Have we not figured out that it's not really candy? It's just a little weird dried-out fruit with some chocolate dripped over it. Like, I don't know why why you'd buy raisinettes at the movie theater, but you roll in to buy a box of raisinettes, you just saw it at like you know, you just saw it at the grocery store for like a dollar and you, you roll up to the thing and it's like, oh yeah, those Raisinets and that small Coke, that'll be $35, please. And you're like, wait a minute, was that the movie tickets too? No, the movie tickets were like $2. The, the Raisinets and the Coke were like 35 You know, you know it's a bad deal. By the way, a whole lot of Christians need to like repent because you're like, you're like candy mules, you know, <laughs> like I know a whole lot of people, I've maybe done it myself, you, you show up to the movie theater with your pockets are like <laughs> vaulting, right, like your kids, you're like, it's not good to steal, but don't, no, we're not getting candy from the counter, don't ask until we get in there, you'll, you'll get some candy, don't ask until we get in there, I got you, just shut up, we got to get in there, and then you get in there, and like dad's like pulling Twizzler packets out of his pants Like, come on, you know. You're with me, right? Like, it was a jacked-up system right from the get-go. Now, I'm not saying that about movie theaters. They got to make money, right? Especially after this pandemic. I expect. I'm going to go buy some Raisinets. I won't eat them, but I'll go buy them just to support whoever owns the movie theater. But uh, you, you know what I'm saying? Like, they, they come in, the exchange rate is bad. You, you have these money changers. But then you have the people selling the animals, and they're they're selling animals and doves and pigeons and things for things that people need because they didn't bring all their animals for the sacrifice. and Then you have people coming in. They are probably know they're being taken advantage of a little bit, but this is really important. They maybe are bartering with the people who are charging too much for a dove. You, You see this chaotic scene, and what you don't see in that chaotic scene is hope. What you don't see you lose stuff in the mess. I lose stuff. It's it's no harder to understand than trying to find a wallet or your keys in a book bag full of junk. It's no, it's not harder to understand than trying to find the chapstick in your mom's overloaded huge purse. You lose something in the mess. And there was a whole lot, the most important stuff being lost in this this mess. Jesus, he showed up to what was one of the most important places. Don't get it twisted. The places we come together and worship God together, the places where we come to hear his word, the places we come to find hope in him, to renew our vision of him, to to learn more about him. They're the most important places. They're the most important places. And we come here to find the most important things. Forgive us for when we fill those places with distractions. Jesus, he comes in, he finds a mess, and stuff's getting lost, and I wonder what's getting lost in your heart because of the mess you've been wrestling with. You see, it's really easy for me to see the corruption of someone else and never look at the corruption in my own heart. So easy for me. It's so easy for me to see this scene set up the temple and call it out. Realize what's happening. It's so easy for me to look around at the lack of integrity people display, at the poor decisions they make on the the way they're blowing up their marriage. It's not judging people. Not judging people. It's just easy to see the corruption and the decline and the decay and the devastation in other people, but it's so hard to see it in me. And me is where I got to start. It's where I got to start. It's not like it happens all at once. It's not like it went from From like, you know, being the place, such a great church service, amazing, everything was awesome to be in this chaotic scene of corruption and selfishness and greed all at once. You see, I I know that because it's not how it works in my life either. I don't just blow things up all at once. It's not just complete devastation all at once. You see, it only takes getting off course, missing the mark a little bit, like one degree, over time and you find yourself in the wrong ocean it's not like your marriage is blown up all at once one degree shift of your heart one degree shift of your time one degree shift of your attention and then over time now all of a sudden you resent each other. It's not like the addict just jumps into full-blown addiction all at once. It's just a little decision along the way. It's one degree off over time that leads to the destruction and the devastation we see all around us. You can apply that to everything, corruption at the workplace, cheating on your taxes. Like it's all just little degrees of off. It's so easy to see in other people, but so hard to see in our own hearts. I don't want to go one degree off and end up with a mess. Jesus, he's angry. (laughs) You know, this is a tough one to talk about. People don't understand it, uh, but I think it shows us something really good about Jesus, and so I'm really grateful of his anger. He like takes a time to put together a braid of cords. We had this weeping willow tree growing up at my house. You know, those big trees with really long branches. And man, it's no joke. Like Jesus wasn't playing. I know this because like we would take those like branches when we were young, get the green ones, not the dead ones hanging off. But you take those long like weeping willow hanging branches. They're thin. They're like little whips. And growing up with a bunch of boys in the house, you know, like when we'd get bored with other stuff. I don't know why Boys are the way they are. I don't know why we are. I don't know why I am the way I am. But for some, like, illogical, ridiculous reason, we think, hey, like, we're bored, you know? Like, we've been riding our bikes all day. Let's whip each other with, Let's see who wins a whipping fight with the whipping willow cord, you know? Like, until we're ripping branches off. And all it takes is, like, one of those. And that game's over fast because that, that hurts. Like, Jesus isn't playing here. This isn't like some hey guys stop stop doing this it's not right i don't know where we get the idea that jesus is just some like hippie in sandals like he comes in hot and angry for good reason and purpose my anger in my life it's, it's so often on the wrong things and so seldom on the right things. See, there's different kinds of anger. There's rage that we let build up and we just snap and have a short fuse. It's never right. It's never right. There's repressed anger that we shove away and shove away and shove away. And then one time, sometime it blows up. It's never right. It's never right. But then there's righteous anger. And as long as we don't sin in our righteous anger, as long as we're still treating people with love and respect and honor, as long as we don't, then, man, man. That's not sin. Jesus, he comes in with this righteous anger because he sees this whole situation so clearly. He puts his whip together. He's like flipping tables, and people are getting furious. Money's flying everywhere. Animals are, you know, I don't know running around, flying all over the place, cages busting, like you picture the scene, it's chaotic, Jesus, and the first time his disciples are seeing this, the first time they're seeing this, and when they see it, they remember a verse that prophesied about Jesus. It's found here in verse, his disciples remembered in verse 17 that it is written, zeal for your house will consume me. It's anger, coming from passion for the house of God. And what that house of God was really all about was a place for the people to experience hope and find right relationship with God. It was about redemption. It was about reconciliation. The most important relationship there ever is, God's relationship with us. And so it's it's easier to see how Jesus' anger here is actually a really good thing that I can be grateful for. Because Jesus looked at the mess. He said, no, stop. What's getting lost in this mess of greed and selfishness and pride What's getting lost in these distractions is the most important thing. It's the hope you have. God loves you. He's passionate about you in Christianity. It's not like any other religion. When, when you really see it for what it is, for what it is, it's, it's not like Jesus, he's different than all the other spiritual leaders, all the other. God's in every other place because in Christianity you find God's grace played out to you in a God who is passionately seeking after your own heart. In Exodus 34, 14, it says, This is the Lord. His name is jealous. He is jealous for you. He loves you. And so when he looks out at this temple... He sees these people he loves getting lost in the distraction and the mess. He sees the hope that they're missing, that they so desperately need, getting lost in the distraction and the mess. He finds the clutter that's making this religious practice instead of relational repair with the God who loves them and is pursuing them. What do you lose in the mess? See, this year it's been a mess. Maybe this next year's a mess too. I don't know anymore. I really don't. I know that it's easy to lose stuff in the mess. It's easy to get anger, angry. It's easy to let the anger l- linger a little bit. It's, it's easy to let that anger grow into bitterness or resentment or hate. I, it's easy to do it in our relationships. It's easy to do it... In in, in every part of our life, it's easy to let that happen. I know it's a mess, like I look back on it, it's it's a mess. And it's so easy to let, let the mess steal from us the hope we have. It's so easy to get sucked into just watching news, to be consumed by it and to forget Jesus. It's so easy to just play religious games and not really connect with the God who loves us. We lose so much in the mess, and, and uh, if I look back on 2020, I don't know, I hope you're watching this with me right now. If this is, you know, if you're watching this on the interweb some, somewhere in the future, you're going to have to like, maybe do a little history lesson on our 2020, but, and like, I look back on 2020, and there's moments where I didn't miss it. I Thank God for those moments. I wouldn't have made it without those moments. But then there's other moments where I completely missed. I lost it in the mess. I lost my focus on what's most important in the mess. And I needed Jesus to turn some tables in my heart. I'm so glad He does it passionately. Because he loves me and because it's so important. This is the space that's most important. This is the space. In 1 Corinthians 3.16, it says, Do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in your midst? In Romans 8, verse 9, it says the Spirit of God lives in us. This is the most important place. And I wonder in your heart if you have some tables that need to flip. I think there's three things these tables center around. The first one is pride. It always becomes before a fall. God God humbles the proud, but he elevates the humble. It's something that's so important to to know and to walk out in my life, like I just gotta start treating some people in my life with more humility. There were times in the, la- in the worst year ever where I, I took it. Uh, And it was pride that was driving my life. It was pride that was driving my response to people. It was pride that was bucking against the system. It was a lot of pride. I need to humble myself. I learned it dealing with COVID and having it in my body. Like, it's just something you got to treat with humility. You just can't jump back to life at 150%. You got to let the lungs get back to life. Like, slowly, you got to treat it with humility. Like, I I need... Humility, not pride. And what I find is the biggest tables in my life that need to be flipped over usually center around pride. What do I get? How does it make me feel? What can I do? Like pride, it's a table that needs to be flipped. A desire. When our desires are right, God gives us the desires of our hearts. But so often our desires just run down all of these. Crazy roads, one degree off, played out over time, a desire misplaced at the wrong moment, our desire for notoriety or fame or reputation, our desire to feel good in a moment, to get a quick fix, our desire to feel alive again or new again, or our desire is misplaced. It becomes a table that God's gotta flip because it creates a mess in our hearts. And maybe you've been playing around with some desires that aren't from God, some desires that aren't good for your marriage, some desires that aren't good for your health, some desires that aren't God-honoring. Maybe you've been playing around with desires, and if you're only a degree off, get it checked now. Because our desires will steal our hope. You lose stuff in the mess they create. Instead, we got to like, God, I want to desire what you have for me. I'm going to desire what you want to do for me. I want to desire the purpose you're going to birth in my life. I believe you got something better for me. I'm going to desire the better thing. I'm going to choose the better way. Desire can be a table that needs to be flipped. And you know what another table is? Lies. Isn't it so interesting? You see all three of them full force. Full force in the Garden of Eden. And you still see all three of them full force today. Lies that we buy into that aren't of God. Lies about who we are. Lies about what God has for us. Lies that he doesn't have our best in mind. Lies that we can never be loved by him. Lies that we can never be forgiven. Lies that things could never be different. There's so many lies that are bombarding our souls and our identity every day. And there are tables that need to be flipped in our lives and our hearts. What are the tables that need to be flipped in your heart? Because you let the mess linger. And it only spills over into more bags. What's cluttering it up? Because the messes in your life are stealing the hope you need. The response here is interesting. You get two responses, right? Like, so the disciples, they see it more clearly. That's my prayer for us today. Like, I, I hope that we're seeing this. We're seeing the messes in our hearts a little more clearly. We're seeing God's passion for us a little more clearly. You're seeing that God wants us wants to clear the mess out of our lives so that we can have the hope and the most important stuff a little more clearly. Disciples are like, "Oh yeah, I remember. This is Jesus, the son of God, and that prophecy back from the Old Testament said he would be full of zeal for his father's house." This is It's got to be the Messiah, right? Like their belief is growing, their faith is growing. If you could see it clearly, your faith will grow. If you could see the mess in your heart clearly and a God who loves you clearly, your faith is going to grow and you're going to become stronger. On the other hand, you have a bunch of other people that are like, don't mess with our mess. (laughs) Don't mess with our mess. Whoa, 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 wait, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute, wait, 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 wait a minute wait a minute. Everybody like, wait a minute. Who are you? Like, what gives you the right to mess with me? Why, why, are you, why are you playing around with this mess? Why are you talking about this mess? Why are you pointing out this mess to me? Why I feel this mess? Like, why, why are you, who are you to do this, right? Like, you can't do this. You don't have any authority. Like, that's another response. We either see it more clearly and see him more clearly, and our faith grows. Or we say, don't mess with our mess, and our mess grows. It gets harder and harder to see what God's going to do. He says, like, hey, tear this temple down, destroy this temple, and I will raise it up again again. I'll raise it up again in three days. They're like, what? Now, wait a minute. Like That's taken 46 years to build this temple, 46 years to build this church. You're going to do it in three days? That's not possible. Our ancestors worked on this. Like We've been working on this. Like We put a lot of, there's a lot of money into this thing. This is the temple. You're, what are you talking about? You can't tear down. You're crazy. That's not talk. But Jesus wasn't talking about the temple. He was talking about him, the most important space. Where you find the hope you've been missing. Where you find the right relationship you need. Where you can be made new. Where it matters most. He was talking about him. And it's pointing to an exchange. The great exchange. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. If anyone is in Christ, the new has come. The old is Gone. The new creation has come. The old is gone. The new has come. Like he wants to trade your mess. God is in the business of exchanging your old for his new. You're worn out for his new. You're beat up. You're broken down. You're sinful mess. He wants to exchange your mess for what he has for you. He will give you a new heart. He will He will heal the wounds. He will forgive the sins. He will give you what you've been missing. God wants to exchange it all. And Jesus, he switches this whole thing. It's almost like a a jump moment here at the end. Like, wait a minute, it just changed the entire story. We were talking about a temple, and now we're talking about Jesus. Because you can find your hope in what Jesus has done for you in his temple, on his cross, and through his empty tomb. That's the good news of the gospel. Jesus wants to take your broken, worn out, beat up, tired, angry, bitter, selfish, stuck in desires, whatever lies you've been feeding yourself or believing about yourself. He wants to take it all and crucify it and give you a new heart. You can have it through faith in him. It's the great exchange here. And if you're losing hope or you're wrestling with a mess, it starts by in faith saying, All right, God, take my mess and make me new. I believe that's why you came, so that I could have this hope from a right relationship with God. It's your eternity but also a new life now through what you did on a cross in the empty tomb. I give you my heart. Make me new. I think that's where you start, but then I think there's also, like, for those of you that are there, you're living it, we still cling on to all that stuff. We hang on to the mess. And and for those of you that are at that spot, I just want to say, it's your move. God's made you new, but you're still clinging on to a mess. It's your move. It's your move. You see, you gotta be willing to let go. You gotta be willing to let God do something. It says in verse 20 of Ephesians chapter 4, it says, that's not the way of life you learned when you heard about Christ and were taught it with it in him in accordance with the truth that is Jesus. Like if you know who Jesus is, if you're living in that truth, we don't live that way anymore. You were taught with regard to your former life. Listen. To put off, you gotta put it off. To put off your old self, which is being corrupted by deceitful desires. To be made new in the attitudes of your minds. And to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. And that is something you can do every day. See, it's your move. Time to find the hope. We need the hope we're desperate for, the hope that gets lost in the mess of life. It's been messy. Things have been messy, but the hope's still there. And Jesus is still pursuing your heart. Like, get rid of the mess. It's time to get rid of the mess. Exchange for what Jesus has. Put on the new self and start walking it out. And watch what God does, even in the midst of the worst year ever. Let's pray. God, thank you so much. Thank you for your love, for your hope, for, for flipping the tables in our own hearts, even though that's a scary thing and a hard thing sometimes. We've been wrestling with some stuff in our lives. Maybe we've been just a degree off, but the time's still clicking. Would you just rescue us again from ourselves? Some of us, we've never placed faith in you, and that's where it all starts. I pray that right now they would do that, that they would exchange their hearts for what you have for them, a new heart. And, and some of us, we know that truth. We've been living in the truth of who Jesus is, but we're still acting like we, we aren't, and we, aren't, we don't know who you are, and we don't know what you've done for us, and we, we haven't been putting on the new self. We haven't been putting off the old self. We're just playing around with the mess in our hearts, letting it stir around and clutter everything up, and that's why we feel disconnected from you. That's why we feel apathetic sometimes. That's why it's been such a hard year. That's why we don't have the contentment that you've had for us this entire year. It's it's why the struggle has been so real. So I pray that we would daily put off the old and put on the new that you have provided for us. Through your grace on that cross and empty tomb. In Jesus' name, amen.